0: But I think times have changed, especially like in the past five years, I've seen that more and more millennials are coming forward to quit their job and take this venture full-time. And I think that comes from a place where you're not just looking for survival anymore, you're looking for purpose in life and you want to create value from day one.
1: Hi, I'm Arushi Jain. Welcome to Scaling Impact, where we interview social innovators, people who make their life's mission to work for the betterment of others. They are the changemakers, the fearless, the compassionate and large-hearted individuals who also know how to scale up. This initiative is supported by the Lewis Institute's ventureship Programme, which helps students invent their own social innovation projects using entrepreneurial thought and action to accelerate social and economic impact. This week, we indulge in a conversation with Pooja Rai, an architect and women entrepreneur who believes, play is not a luxury, but a necessity for every child. Pooja is the founder of Ant Hill Creations, a nonprofit that's bringing much-needed play into children's lives with low-cost playgrounds made from scrap tires and industrial wastes. Ant Hill upcycles waste material into interactive and sustainable playscapes using contextual designs. Localized resources and encourages community participation. The nonprofit, till date, has built around 300 playgrounds, impacting over 200,000 children in 18 states across India. Let's hear about this intriguing concept from the founder herself. Hi, Pooja. Can you please tell us a little bit about yourself, your journey with Anthill Creations, what Anthill really is, and what inspired you to take this path?
0: Sure, aroshi Thank you so much. So I studied architecture from IIT Kharagpur. And while I was in my final year of college, I never wanted to do like a typical job. I always wanted to do something which is more innovative and creates value for the less privileged in the society. And uh, I used to go to this school called as Disha Seema Care Center, which was in our school campus, in our college campus itself to distribute sweets or clothes. And once when we visited there, we saw that children were playing with broken cement pipes. They were using slippers to play badminton. And we just asked ourselves that children don't even have a playground. Is that a luxury? So being architects, we decided to come together and build a playground for those children. And we were students, we didn't have money. So we got a few tires together and built our first playground while we were in college itself. So the larger mission of Antel is to make play accessible to every single child. And we basically use waste material like tires, drums, industrial waste to build playgrounds for children. We've built close to 250 playgrounds across the country and want to take this to every single child.
1: That's really nice. Very inspiring. And that naturally brings me to my next question, which is about fundraising. As fundraising is the hardest task for any organization, how did you run a sustainable venture solely on it. And if you could just share a few strategies and insights and learnings, then that would be great.
0: That's absolutely true, Aroshi. Like I think for any organization, be it nonprofit or for-profit, fundraising is one of the most challenging parts of it. In fact, like when I started this venture full time, I had absolutely zero experience in fundraising and sales. But I strongly believed in the cause and I knew that we had set out to solve a problem and we wouldn't stop till we do it. So how fundraising, if I look at past three, four years, what has worked for us is that we believe that if you create a value, we will be able to fundraise for the cause or the problem that we're trying to solve. So I think that has been the way we have been working a lot of people also say that in the nonprofit profit space, you end up just fundraising and not spend enough time on the programs, right? Like, But I think it's a part, it comes as a package. We have to work on our programs based on how the market develops, what is the need of the users, of beneficiaries. So I don't have the typical strategies. Of course, we do follow the systems. We do follow lead funnel to track everything in the fundraising. But I think what sort of sets us apart or different is that we are very close to our beneficiaries and we understand what is their need and i think we have also improved the way we've been working over the past four years being more getting the communities more involved in the way we work and uh, we also do a lot of employee engagement. So most of our fundraising comes through corporate csr And when we do employee engagements, the employees of these companies actually come on the ground and are able to see the real impact in front of their eyes. So I think that has really worked for us, where we're able to like show the funders where the impact is happening.
1: That's nice. I think really helpful to a lot of entrepreneurs who might be listening to this. So who are these amazing beneficiaries and funders, and how do you foresee changes in philanthropic patterns? post pandemic era
0: so unlike a typical product right where the person whom you are creating value is the person paying for it in the philanthropic space your beneficiaries are children or people from uh, low-income communities whereas your funder community is the foundation CSR or everyone right like so I think for us the people who supported us very early in the beginning were obviously friends family our own network, alumni networks from our colleges, people who believed in us and who had trust that we will make good use of the money that they would be donating for this cause. And I feel every single person believes that it is their social responsibility, right? Like we talk about corporate social responsibility, but I think what this pandemic has done is it has made all of us realize that wherever we are today, whatever money we are earning is not just a result of our own effort it is because of the environment because of the world around us and we have certain responsibility towards that world as well so I've seen a lot more people come forward and give their time and money both and help us in helping more and more people
1: that's wonderful, and I think that's exactly what we are trying to understand: is that how are people taking out time and monetarily helping organizations? And like, do you think millennials are showing greater interest in impact-driven work? And if so, how has it changed over the years?
0: So I think if we talked like a couple of uh, decades back, or uh, even five years back, if we see the pattern how all of us viewed non-profit or an NGO space was usually run by an older person who have done well for themselves and now wants to do philanthropy. But I think times have changed, especially like in the past five years, I've seen that more and more millennials are coming forward to quit their job and take this venture full-time. And I think that comes from a place where you're not just looking for survival anymore, you're looking for purpose In life and you want to create value from day one so if you look at most of the successful people right Bill Gates they do well for their lives and post that they enter the philanthropic world most of the celebrities we see so what is the end goal ultimately I think there is something that goes beyond money and I think the millennials are realizing it early on. A lot of my a large percentage of my friend circle donates on a regular basis, on a monthly basis a certain percentage of their income. Uh, so in terms of their time, in terms of the ma- money, I think the current generation understands their responsibility a lot more. I, I've come across people where they're okay to compromise on their lifestyle, but they want to have a more fulfilling career, a more fulfilling life. So, I think that is one of the reasons and motivations that the millennials have.
1: Interesting. And this is where I'm going to ask you to debunk the myths about careers in the social space and give us a little advice for the graduates who will be entering this space.
0: So, when I had to quit my job and take this venture full time, I never thought that I would be running a for profit or a non profit organization. I was trying to find my guy, right? I was trying to find out what is it that I'm good at, what really motivates me, and what can create good for the world. So I was trying to find something which is like a common space between these things. And I realized that the best comes out in me when I'm working for a social impact initiative, where I can see the impact in front of my eyes. And I think That's how every entrepreneur should think, right? Like you should look at a problem and see how you can solve that. If you're creating value, I think money falls in place, and you will be able to grow your idea. Especially in the social impact space, I was trying to find inspiration and see people who have done well for themselves as well while doing good for the world. And the percentage was very, very small. But I think that has sort of changed now. There's a high learning curve and especially in the first few years of your career I think you want to be in a space where you are actually pushing yourself to your bring out the best version of yourself uh, the best in you Uh, so I think this social impact space gives you that opportunity if I give you the example of my team I think every single person is super motivated they really enjoy their work, right? Like they don't think that they work for Pooja or they work for their manager. They know they're working for those children. If they don't complete their designs or their work by today, those children will not get to play or will not have access to that particular playground. So when you see that your work has impact on people's life in reality, it's no more like, it's no more a class assignment which you delay and it's just a matter of marks. I think it gives a lot more sense of responsibility and growth. Yeah,
1: that is very relatable. And I'm sure like everyone who will be listening to this will also relate to it because we are looking for purpose in our work today. So yeah, that's that's true. So how do you at Ant Hill define impact? What are the metrics that you use to measure success?
0: So we believe that Play is a very natural natural way of learning for children. And what we're trying to achieve with our solutions is give a happy childhood to every single child, bring inclusivity. And how we define all of these things is by measuring the time spent in the playgrounds, because that is the first step. And then we also measure with the help of educators and teachers that how is play helping each of these children in their holistic development? So we look at cognitive, physical development, cognitive development, social emotional skills of a child, all of these develops when a child is playing outside. And that's how we've designed our playgrounds as well. If you look at a typical playground of Antil, we design it in such a way that uh, there is a space where children are climbing, jumping, crawling, there are different kinds of physical activities. We also take care that there are elements like seesaw where two or more people can play. So a child has to play with other children and helps him or her develop those social skills. We also have play elements where if a child wants to play alone, it gives them space to play on their own. And a lot of times when they're playing in the, when they're waiting for their turn to come for the swing, right? Like they're learning skills like negotiation, patience, something that we that is very, very important in today's world. And we call these 21st century skills, which can't be taught just from books, it has to come with experience. So that is, these are the few things that we measure for the development of a child. Nice. So personally,
1: I'm also in the same boat where I'm trying to understand like, how to measure 21st century skills. So I wanted to know in terms of fundraisers perspective or from an investment perspective what do you like you know have to show to raise funds like you know how do you basically show a child's growth through a playground
0: so I think when it comes to showing impact from for a fundraising perspective I think it the first step is you as an entrepreneur you do it first for yourself right like you want to know yourself that the solution that you have whether it is creating real impact or not and that will happen a lot of times a lot of these impact that we talk about especially when it comes to primary children takes time like you cannot expect that the impact will come in one month right like you build a playground and once time the child will completely transform it takes time and i think we should understand that but we need to start capturing that data And uh, we have from the first playground till now, like we have been following this process where we take feedback from the communities, getting the communities really involved right from the beginning of conceptualizing the entire playground. So you need to, we need to have certain metrics which show, which is an indicator that uh, it is helping children in some ways, but it takes time. It takes a year for the child to start showing those results and many of these I mean there will be a few objective numbers that you can come up with right like uh, time spent in the playground or the number of children who come to school will change but I think a larger part of it is also very very subjective we have also seen how teachers have been super innovative in using these playgrounds where they can teach children a much more fun way So I think we have seen more impact than we like started and anticipated in the beginning when we started out until. So there's a lot of learning that happens on the way and I think we should be open to it. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So since
1: you've been a part of a large number of accelerators, incubators and community engagement and business growth sales, what can you, like, I'm very curious to learn about like What your learning and takeaways from these have been? Because you would have met people, like-minded people such as yourself. What is it that you see in certain social entrepreneurs that is very unique and different from others?
0: Yeah, so I've written a book on women entrepreneurs. And when I was writing that book, I really wanted to understand that what is the right time to do a startup is it right after college is it with a few years of experience is it with a lot of experience right like what is that sweet spot and after talking to a lot of people I realized there is no right time every single person has a different journey and there are pros and cons of starting at various points for me I started out very early in my career and um, I always sort of saw that people with a lot more experience came with certain background and learnings. So I bridged that gap. I think being part of these accelerators and programs really helped me connect with some of the mentors who helped me bridge those gaps. So the, I think and the best part about the mentors that I've had is they would never tell me that Puja do this or do that. They would ask me the right questions, which would help me define the direction and the right guidance as to how to take those decisions. And it has been super helpful. Like my second best way to learn has been through books. I feel like uh, these entrepreneurs have written their entire life journeys and put their learnings in a book. So I sometimes just read and apply them. And it really works uh, a lot of times. What I've seen in other social entrepreneurs that really, really inspires me is there's this attitude of collaboration every sort of a community that I have been a part of has been very supportive. And you don't see competitors as your rivals, but you see how you can work together to create a larger impact. And the second best thing that I've seen in some of the social entrepreneurs that I've met across this journey is just their attitude to get things done, right? Like when we say that we will collaborate, actually making it happen and not just talking. So looking for opportunities where... A normal person would not be able to see is, I think, what really differentiates uh, some of these social entrepreneurs that I'm talking about.
1: That's really insightful. I mean, thanks for sharing your secrets. So what sets your organization apart from everyone else in this space?
0: So I think one thing that I don't know if it sets us apart, but something that's really unique and I would say I'm proud of uh, in my own organization is the kind of ownership that every single person takes. The culture that we've been able to build in the organization where the team is self-motivated and they know their goals. And it has taken us, of course, a lot of work hiring the right people, mentoring them well. But the team that we have today, I feel if you have the right set of people, you can solve any challenge. That's one of the things that I feel very good about our organization.
1: Beautiful. Thanks, Pooja. That was really nice of you to take our time to share your insights. Thank you.